It's the Face of Chicago Business Podcast, introducing you to the stories behind the faces, focused on fixing today's problems with thoughtful leadership and purposeful living. Sit down with us as we get to know the individuals who make our city second to none. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Face of Chicago Business Podcast. Today, I'm joined by the CEO of the Boys Club of Cicero and the Boys and Girls Club of South Cicero, Edgar Montiel. Edgar, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Tony. No, it is an absolute honor and pleasure to, to be able to introduce you to the community, uh, but also just to share your incredible story, man. It's, uh, it's an honor. Oh, thank you. No, no, I, I appreciate you taking that time uh, to look into my story and, and the club story. Yeah, no, you're doing you're doing amazing things, and and I'd love to start there just because um, you're you're kind of a, a full circle story of uh, beginning to end. You, you you grew up in Cicero, um, but also were a, a member of the boys club that you're now responsible for. Yeah, so I grew up in Cicero. I, I we I was born in back of the yards. Okay, and moved to Cicero when I was four. Uh, so my parents bought their house there, same house they're still at right now, and uh, it was five boys. So I'm the oldest of five boys. So we needed a spot to stay after school, somewhere to to be safe, looked after. My my dad worked construction. My mom was a stay at home mom. So we needed somewhere to kind of put our energy out there, and and the boys club was there. Uh, there's a lot of other agencies, but if, with a family of seven, with minimal income, the boys club was just the the best choice at ten dollars a year. Yeah, you know, you couldn't beat that, and it was a safe place for us to get our homework done, do sports activities, and just have adult supervision there. Positive, a, positive adult supervision. Man, and, and you're saying it was ten bucks even back then? Even back then, yeah, ten bucks. So it's still wow. ten bucks to this day. That's we amazing. We we don't want to change that. You know, we we want to make sure the club stays open to everybody and and is open to everyone. For sure, for yeah. sure. And you know, obviously, I know from our stories and our interactions that. Um, uh, you know, what it's like now and, and some of the, the challenges you face, but what were things like growing up that uh, that this was such a, a, an invaluable resource to you? Tell me about life in Cicero uh, as you remember it. You know, life in Cicero was, uh, at the time we didn't think it was too bad, but there was always uh, gang violence and, you know, drugs, and it wasn't the safest place to be out in the street. You know, just five boys just hang out, doing nothing, being Latino. Uh, it's something my dad didn't like us doing, so it was either you're in the house or you're in school, you know, there's no going out in the alley and playing basketball. He, he didn't like that. And it was just because of fear, you know, someone's going to pull up and shoot you or or try to get you to do something. He was always afraid of us joining a gang or anything like that, getting into the wrong crowd. So uh, you're lucky from that sense to have your dad. I yeah. Mean, so you know, I, at the time, you. You know, and it's funny because at the time I hated him for, for it. Sure. You know, I, you know, I can't go outside. He wouldn't let us go to the movies or anything like that. But he was he was being protective and try to set us on, on the right path. And with me being the oldest, I always got the rougher yeah, end yeah. of the stick. You know, I, you got to make sure you you got four younger brothers. You got to hit the right path and make sure they're they're going doing the right thing. So, uh, and it took a while for him to sign us up at the boys' club. He didn't sign us up me till I was thirteen. Oh he, no way! He, even then, he was kind of like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know about this and that. Was it something that you do? You remember wanting to do? Uh... I wanted to. I remember I was ten and I brought him a flyer from school, <laughs> and my cousin used to go there, and even then he was like, no. You're gonna, you gotta stay at home, do your homework, and you, you stay in the house. Yeah. I said okay, and it was when I was 13. Finally, we wanted to do some sports. He started getting us into baseball and things like that, and told me, you know, we'd like to go to the boys' club. They got a gym. Uh, we could do our homework there. They got computers, and my friends from school go there, and he knew some of my friends, so he said, okay, let's give it a shot. And 
And it worked that's, out. That's worked out. I'm, glad, I'm glad it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, one of the things you were telling me about just in, in, in terms of having grown up and, and the way you did, like you went to school, you were Saluki, right? Southern yeah, Illinois. Saluki, yeah. And so you, one of the things you mentioned was you went as far away within the state as you could possibly go. And your parents weren't too thrilled about that, right? Oh, no, not at all. I remember, yeah. It, you know, I applied at a few schools and I had been accepted to a few, but once I got accepted to SIU, I said, this is where I got to go. Because it's not only six hours away, <laughs> it's a complete different atmosphere. Yeah. It's out in the country. Uh, I remember we had 25,000 students at SIU, only 500 were Latino. Wow. So it was a, cult a culture shock that I needed. I needed to get out of Cicero, at least, you know, part-time to kind of explore it. And not only different part of the state, but myself as well. So my dad wasn't too happy with that. And I remember that's when cell phones started coming out. And I wanted to get a cell phone real bad. I told him, I need a cell phone. I'm going to be six hours away. And he was just like, that's, that's your problem. He was just kind of like, I'm not going to, this is your choice. You're doing it. You're on your own. You're dealing with it. Yeah. Wow. So it took a while and I played baseball at SIU. No way. And that's when I, I started, you know, I, I, need, I need money for some cleats. I need a, I need a glove. We started kind of connecting back again. And, and he'd always take me. He, he did a lot. I mean, he drove me to school, drove me back. And I know, and I understand how long of a drive that that's is. 12 hours, man. 12 hours. I mean, for me, it was a long drive, but I... He had to drive back the wow. same day, so I always respect him for that so much. He he put in a lot of work to make sure that I got my education, and and you know he wasn't thrilled about it, but he knew uh, I was doing what's best for me. Yeah, and 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 I guess it's such an interesting uh, position to be in, just in terms of who you are. And we kind of talked about that. Well, one, you were given these parents who, you know, obviously they, they they wanted the best for you and protecting you and all those in all those ways they knew how. Um, but then on this other end, you're this person who wants to explore it like you're an explorer right you yeah. love to travel and we'll get into that a little bit but you know it's, it's such a different position sometimes than what you find kids in today right and, mm -hmm. and you talking to so many families i'm sure you get to see the dynamics of either families where maybe a dad isn't involved or you know the parents aren't involved in the kid's life and kids is out there doing whatever but then on the other end of, of, of parents that are too fearful right mm -hmm. and don't allow their kids to, to do some of those things that are really important yeah how do you use those experience of not only understanding that, right? Uh, and, and part of it is Mexican and cultural, mm. and uh, we both share that. You yeah. know? <laughs> okay. yeah. But like you, I, 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 man, I, I made my parents crazy sometimes with just being me and wanting to explore <laughs> and not knowing those limits. How do you impose that almost like that knowledge without, um, without imposing, but understanding uh, the culture that you're in and just some of the things and nuances uh, that, that are involved with, yeah, just, I guess, being a, a resource for the community. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's hard at times because I know a lot of parents had it harder than I did. A lot of families had it harder than I did. And having a, a student or a member come and tell me I got accepted to this college, sometimes I'll tell them, like, you know what, I think you could get accepted to U of I and live on campus. And sometimes I got to think back and say, well, I don't understand. Maybe their situation at home. Maybe, right. maybe mom and dad need them to stay home because he might need to work a part-time job to help put food on a table. So uh, we try to talk to the families as well and try to educate them on, on the investment we can help them make on their kids. You know, with, And it doesn't have to be college. It could be a trade school, military, or an entrepreneur starting a business. Yeah. Uh, and just making them understand that there's they have a lot of different options and it's just because we're giving this option doesn't mean we're kind of stripping their, their child away from family. Because as Mexican, as you know, culture, is, we're very tight-knit. You know, we stay home. A lot of times grandma and grandpa live with us or yeah. aunts and uncles. So going away to school is a big, big deal as it was with me. So 
not only talking to the student and the members, you got to talk to the family, understand them, and build that trust. Yeah, you know, and then let them know that you went through that situation. How how we could, we could help in every aspect. You know, it's not just here at the club where we're going to help you with your application. This and that. You know, we're going to keep in touch when you're in school. We we send care packages to students at, at different campuses. You know, let them know, hey, great job this semester. Here's you know some snacks and and things for you to get you through finals that's uh, awesome so it's for them to understand that we're still there for them you know it doesn't it doesn't end when you turn 19 years old for sure you know 100 percent. and and that's what one of the things i just genuinely love about what you're doing is, is your involvement in it and uh but kind of back to you is is i found interesting that when, when we were talking i was telling you how i eat once a day and you're like, yeah <laughs> me too right uh but that's that, that was what you went to school for is your background is in that tell me a little bit about um yeah what you were pursuing when you went down in southern illinois yeah so i always wanted to work with kids that was my passion growing up at the club i worked part-time there um, during high school so i knew youth was my passion so i wanted to teach naturally i just wanted to teach yeah and again my dad was not happy about that because he knew he's like man i we came to this country to make sure that you get a good education and you make a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> and I, said, and I, the thing that always annoys them is I tell them I don't care about money. Yeah. That annoys them to this day. Wow. And, and, and I don't. You know, it's, it's, I, I live a very minimal life and I do travel a lot, but that's really my only spend or, spend or yeah. splurge that I do. So, you know, traveling. And, but even then, when you do, I do well, it cheaply too. Yeah. Do, yeah. yeah. And, and not only that, but man, you, you find things like, I've never heard of a person that says they go travel and they'll end up in, you know, a volunteer situation or a soup kitchen. And that's what you do too, right? Yeah, you try to, you know, I I like to keep it local. I don't like going to big cities. Whenever I go to a country, if I go to France, I'm not going to Paris. If I go to Spain, I'm not going to Barcelona. I like going to the local towns and meeting people and meeting the kids. That's more genuine to me. When you go to those big countries, you're surrounded by tourists and people trying to sell you stuff. For sure. That's not genuine to me. So that's why I like backpacking a lot because... I go to a city and for some reason I don't feel the vibe there. I just pack up and I leave. I take a bus somewhere else. It's really that simple. That's and it, awesome. And it's cheap and I just enjoy it so much more. Yeah. That's awesome. So what did you get your degree in though? That's what. Uh, health education and biology. Biology. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So I've always had interest with health. I, I try to stay healthy. I try to eat healthy. And the fasting thing, it just, it actually started in college because I didn't have a lot of money. So I only would buy food once. And I would just kind of eat a lot that one time. I'm, I, I, instead of buying three meals a day, I'm like, I'm going to spurge and just have a really amazing meal at night. <laughs> so, and that's what I would do. And that's I just, where it started. That's where it started. It wasn't really health-based at first. No way. And then I just got used to it. And then I just started eating a little bit healthier. You know, at, at that time, I was like, I would spurge and I would just eat hamburgers and pizza yeah, yeah, and this yeah, and that. Yeah. And now it's, you know, I eat once a day, but I still try to maintain my health, eating a lot of fish, chicken, uh, fruits. I'm still a really picky eater. I don't like a lot of vegetables, but I, I force myself to, and just to, knowing that I'm getting older, I need to take care of my body. Easy as well. Yeah. Juicing. I, uh, yeah. When I juice, I, well, I'll drink my juice, but then uh, I feel like I can eat whatever I want because I got my fruits yeah. and vegetables. <laughs> yeah. Take care of yourself now so you don't have to later. A hundred percent. And how much of that, I guess, is, is, is what you uh, teach the kids, right? Because then one in, you know, health education, biology, that's, that's, you know, that's, a lot. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I try to teach them as much as I can because a lot of them will come to the club with their bag of McDonald's or right. White Castle or whatever they're bringing, and you know that it's okay to have it every so often. And I know they're kids, but at the same time, not make a habit of it and making that your meal every single day. Yeah. I remember my dad used to treat us to pizza maybe once a month. Mm-hmm. You know. Now it seems like it's happening every day. Kids are eating fast food all the time. It's also because it's a cheaper option. A it's lot a times. cheaper option. Yeah, it's very unhealthy. And it also takes away from 
cooking at home. That's that's a big deal. Spending time with mom and dad cooking, sitting at the table, putting the phone away, and yeah. enjoying your meal and talking to each other. When we we take the kids out to eat a lot sometimes, and and uh, phones are put away, you know, because it's one of my big pet peeves. You're eating with a group of people, you put your phone away. You know, let's concentrate on each other. When we're in the club vehicle, phones away. I've been meaning to put a sign in the van and just. Put pretend it's 1995 and put your phone away and talk to each other. Socialize. Yeah. yeah. Some of the funnest times were in the van with my little brother when we were growing up with my dad. You know, you play games, you talk, you listen to music. Right. But we're so stuck on that screen that we're kind of losing that social aspect of life. A hundred percent. I guess along those lines, would you say that's one of the biggest challenges you have when it comes to the club? Is that you know, in this society, we're we're just kind of skewed in the way, you know, especially our children that now growing up in technology, that these kids that are being born today are being born with, you know, iPads and whatever in their hands, it's, right? Yeah, it's crazy. I think that's one of the biggest obstacles is it's so much easier just to stay at home with your tablet or your PS4 and to come to the club. Uh, when I was a kid, I begged, my, if my, there was a day my dad didn't let me go to the club, I, I would stay in my room and cry. I I wanted to be with my friends and wow. socialize. At the time, we didn't have phones. Yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah, have yeah. a TV in my room. Now it's right. kids have a TV in their room. They have their phone. I've talked to some kids that stay up till 4, 5 a.m. on Snapchat and stuff. And mom and dad won't let them go to school because they were tired. And I tell them, why, well, why were they tired? Well, he was on his phone until 5 a.m. Like, well, before he goes to bed, take that phone away. Well, he, he gets mad then. I said, <laughs> I, underst- I understand. Really? I'm like, well, you're... And I constantly tell parents this. I'm like, you're their parent, not their friend. Just like I tell the kids, I'm not your friend. I'm I'm here to help you. Uh, I'm kind of a teacher. I'm kind of your parent, but I, don't make no mistake. I'm not your friend. You some some of the things you I'm going to tell you, you're going to hate me for it, but that's okay if it's going to guide you in the right path. You know, it's so interesting you say that. I mean, one just because I can't relate, right? Mm-hmm. Like, my kid ever. <laughs> Wait, what? Like, I'm sorry. I just doesn't. I can't process that. You yeah. know, um, but this this. Like I, I, I don't know how to say it. I'm not trying to demonize anyone, oh, no. right? But in, in you know in the Mexican culture, like Coke, Coca Cola, right? Yeah, is a, is a big thing. And I, I would you would see like moms giving their babies like through a bottle Coke. Oh yeah, right? like and you're like damn, like obviously you could you know they love them, but someone who loves and, and is living in that ignorance could be harming their kid mm-hmm. more than that. How much of of what you see is as a result of more of that? like fear of their own kids than it is anything else because like i said i just i can't relate to it personally but i'm sure you probably see that way more than i could ever imagine yeah it it starts at home it starts with the parents and what they do and like i said every household has a different situation so sometimes i can't relate i i don't have kids at home i I try to think that i you know I, i know how to work with kids but naturally i'm not a parent so uh you just try to educate parents as well and and because I see that a lot too. Yeah, drinking soda. I don't drink soda every day. Um, kids staying out till 11 p.m. Parents not knowing where they are. Parents buying their kids clothes. That's a big deal to me. Clothes that are obviously, you know, a kid not, might not be in a gang, but if you're dressing yeah, a right, certain right, way, right, people, right. if you look like a duck, you sound like a duck, people are going to think you're a duck. Right. And I constantly tell kids that you got to be careful how you dress. And how you yeah. present yourself. You it know? just seems, I mean, for any teacher or anyone that's in that position, but I think what makes you different than than a teacher is no one's forcing these kids to be there, right? Yeah. Like, that's kind of their choice. So is it that that you have a, an easier time kind of getting through because, you know, this is something that they want versus... I think I think so. Uh, I, we've had a lot of parents come to us. More my brother. My brother's 
uh, he coaches the basketball team. That's so right, because one of the things we didn't say is your brother is he, involved, he, right? Yeah, my brother's a program director there. So he's <laughs> involved, if not more, with the kids and the family. So a yeah. lot of times the parents will come to my brother, who's named Oscar, and they'll say, he's, this is my son, he's not doing well in school, I can't get through with him, can you talk to him? Mm. And maybe take something away from him or threaten him to kind of get him, you know, because he'll listen to you and we're like, he won't listen to you? He's like, no, they won't listen to us, but you, for some reason, they'll listen to. Wow. And so we, we've had constant meetings with kids, we'll pull them and, you know, we hear you're not doing well in school. You know, if you don't do well in school, you, you can't be on the basketball team. If you don't do well in school, camping trip next month, you kiss that goodbye. Oh, no, no, okay, okay, we'll start. And we tell them, make sure when you go home, I'm going to talk to your mom every week that you don't give her any backlash or you give her, don't give her a hard time. Okay, okay. And so, we, you know, we constantly check up with the parents to make sure they're behaving at home. Because we always tell them family always comes first. Yeah. The club is great. And we treat everyone there like family. But family comes first always. And sometimes the kids forget that. You know, they're so focused on having fun and being with their friends that they do have responsibilities at home, especially us as Latinos. We, we were everyone has a part in the family. It yeah. doesn't matter how young you are. Yeah. Sometimes, I, you know, we'd have to cook at 10 years old for our whole family if mom is still at work yeah. or doing laundry somewhere. It's We have a lot of obstacles. 100%. 100%. And, and man, I can't imagine how that must make you feel just from, one, to have that type of influence on a kid, right? And, mm-hmm. and to put them on, on the right path that not even their parents could do. How difficult or, or what's the challenge then as far as getting kids to come to the club? Obviously, you're doing great things, but there's still, like you said, even like your your uh, teenage attendance had dropped off yeah. a little bit, right? Like, what are those things that, that kids are looking for that they're they're finding out they're more appealing than, than going to, let's say, like the boys club? Yeah. So, like, for our club, like I said, none of our kids are bust in. They're there because they want to be. Uh, they, they talk with their feet. It's how we always say they walk there. A lot of them walk there from home. They live two, three blocks away. Uh, teens, it starts getting more difficult because you just, you got a lot of after school activities, which is great. If they're doing after school activities, that's they're, involved, that's, right? they're involved. That's great. But sometimes they will get involved with girlfriends sure. or, or gangs, or they might have a job, which is also good. But a lot of times uh, parents focus on work. It's that Latino culture again. You got to work hard. My dad was the same way. I you used know, to work yeah. at, at a grocery store, uh, you know, about 20 hours a week. And my dad would tell me, you, if you want to go to the Boys Club, you need to work because I want you to get that that work culture in you. Life is not about fun. He'd always tell me that. Life is not about fun. You want to go to boys club, you're going to work. I said, okay, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to work. And again, I hated it at the time, but now I I respect him so much for it because I, it it had helped guide me the way I am. And, and, um, Sometimes some parents take it maybe a little bit too far. I've known kids that miss school because they're at work. Jesus. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, you know, it's it's good to work, but education, education and family come first. You know, education is going to be that path for you to make sure you're not working that job when you're 30 or 40 and make sure you're making a decent income, but most, more importantly, doing what you love. Yeah. A lot of kids focus on the money, and I always tell them, you got to make sure to do something that you love because you're going to be doing for it for the next 40, 30, 40 years of your life. Man, no one wants to live that way. I mean, no. even, you know, I, I've had the same conversation with my dad and as of recently just because <clears throat> it just seems to be this thing of almost like, yeah, money's a, the motivator for all things. Mm-hmm. And I'm like you. I'm like, I, money doesn't interest me at all, right? No. Like when you eat once a day or sometimes I'll go on water fast for four or five days, you know, that like what do I really need money for? Like, yeah, for the same clothes, you know, kind of thing. And, and there's no there's no reason for it. And yet, even through that, the more I focus on the things I love, the money ends up showing up, right? Like you don't even have to try for it. Yeah, and, and it goes back to that whole thing of working really hard and uh, almost not getting anything for it. Like work harder, not you know smarter. Yeah, <laughs> and, and 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 
to have this kind of both positions for you, I think, is such a beautiful thing for for these members and, and you know these kids that you're working with. That um, it almost seems like you're giving them a vision, a hope that otherwise would never be there. And 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 to be so close to Chicago, yet it's almost like a a world away, right? Exactly. Yeah, Cicero is a tough area because we're not we're not in the city. We're not we're not Chicago. And yet, we're not really considered a suburb too much. We're not in Naperville. We're not a, a Burr Ridge or anything like that. We're kind of like smack in the middle. So a lot of the times, we're overlooked a lot in, in funding and just recognition. A lot of, uh, Before I started, the club was considered the best secret in Cicero. Nobody knew about it. There's no marketing. There's no social media about it. So we, we try to make sure we tell people we're, we're there. Now, if I had a nickel for every time I had a parent come in and say, did you guys just open? No, way. I probably would never have to fundraise again. I get that constantly because wow. just there's no one knows we're there. So we've never had a problem with attendance, but we we could you know provide a little bit more and at least let people know that we're there. Our footprint is in the community, and and you know they an opportunity to invest in it is is, is there. Yeah, man, it, it's it's sad. I mean, it's sad yeah, that, it is, that, yeah. that that you know you you you're trying to do so much, and 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 the biggest obstacle sometimes is just. That no one even knows you're there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, what is it that that is the greatest contributor, or how people can get involved with that 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 want to as they're listening? Um, you know, that helps further the mission and, and what you're doing for the community. You know, we get we get a lot of support from from the state, federal grants. Uh, fundraising is probably the thing we're going to start working out a lot more, especially now that we opened that new club. Uh, we opened that new club with no income stream whatsoever. It's wow. just. It's going to be floating for a couple of years just on the the funding we've saved the past six years. So we really want to start building a, a strong constituent base of donors that, that know the mission and know what we're trying to do and are, that are part of the club. You know, we're not the type of, of place that's just going to talk to you when we want money. We want you to be a part of the club. There's different ways to contribute, stopping by and hanging out with the kids um, pro- helping provide some food for an event, helping clean. When we do an event, painting the club, that's a big deal. That's, that saves the club's dollars that could go to the kids instead. Help, help send five more kids to camp this year. And, and it's not even like you're just doing these things of sending kids to do these things. And, you know, you're also showing them what it's like to be a contributor in society. Exactly. Yeah, we want, they get a lot of stuff at the club. We, we want them to be happy. We want them to have a good time. But at the same time, we also want them to understand that they need to do their part. We're all part of that community. We need to do our part inside and outside of the Boys Club, uh, whether it's clean up, cleaning up around our block, going to town and cleaning up the park area, uh, volunteering at a carnival or something like that. We need to all do our part and make sure that once we do graduate or end up leaving the club and going to school, come back to your community not necessarily just a club. It could be another agency in, in town and just giving back and making sure you don't forget where you came from. That's Absolutely. a big deal, not forget. A lot of people forget where they came from. And it's, <laughs> you know, it's just it's a constant cycle that where nothing improves. And we need to get these, you know, successful Latinos that came out of Cicero that had a lot of investment towards them to come back and, and do their part. We, you know, we invested a lot into you. We need your help now. And it's, and, and from what you've told me, you know, it's, it's a matter of life and death. Yeah, a lot of times. And last year you had some. It was last year, right? Last that's couple years. That's yeah. couple years. Couple you had some had tragedy. A, yeah, tragedy. We, um, yeah, we had a few kids killed due to gang violence the last few years, wow. and 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 it's it, obviously outside the club. It's yeah. outside the club. Yeah, outside of club hours, and you know, it's it's kids that we knew very closely. We talked to every day, and they were just in the in the wrong spot, the wrong time, 
And it's, it's, it's crazy to think even to this day that just something like that in the blink of an eye just ended. <laughs> you know, so much potential in life ahead. And it just, for something as senseless as gangs or gang violence, just it just stops. No, and, and one of the things that I just uh, couldn't help but think about as you were talking about it uh, earlier um, before we jumped on was how there's a lot of graffiti and things around the neighborhood, right? But for some reason, it seems like your 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 club is kind of off the off limits. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I think there's a mutual respect in the community because we we do know there's gang activity around the area, and I constantly see. I drive around the area a lot just to check out how everything's going, and you see graffiti left and right. And the club hasn't been graffitied in geez, I can't even remember years, years. Wow. And so we we feel it's like some sort of mutual respect. You know, we're here, we're doing our part. Uh, if someone needs our guidance, our doors are always open. Yeah. You know, we're not out there interfering with whatever you're doing, but you're always welcome to come in and, and, and get some guidance or if you need help, we're here for you. Uh, well, brother, you're doing, I mean, you're doing God's work. I think that, you know, for, for what it is, you're, you're really, you're, you're, you're impacting lives, but um, I don't think we fully understand the the depth or the breadth of, of what your impact is, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, as, as it grows and as these kids go out and, and do their thing and come back, I think... You'll see it just like you did. I mean, you're a testament, right? You're a living, breathing example of, of exactly what, what it should be. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I love the club. It, it did so much for me. Um, I've always told everybody, if the day ever came, God forbid, <laughs> if there was no income coming into the club, I would do that job for free. I would take a bullet for that club, and that's 100% true. If anyone knows me, that they know that to be true. I, wow. I, I, I love that club, and I, I want to make sure it stays there and, and continues to do what it needs to do. Well, if you're out there listening, that doesn't compel you enough to to want to support in some way. I don't know what else does, but I'm sure you listening will want to. So in that event, please reach out to Edgar. You can do so by filling out the form below and, and he'll get that directly. But, you know, I just want to thank you again for, for being you, doing what you do, but also for coming in and sharing your story and, and being a part of this community. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Tony. Yeah. And anyone that always welcome to come to our club, check it out. The atmosphere there is amazing. We always have people come in and They've been to other clubs, but they come to our club and there's just a sense of culture and, and family, of belonging. We That's our main goal, to make sure that everyone that walks through those doors has a sense of belonging and know that they, they're cared for. Love it. Can't wait to be a part of it and uh, experience that for myself. So thank you. All right. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Tony.